1: Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet.
0: Welcome back for another edition of Investor Stories. On this special segment, the experts describe the most important lesson that they've learned and how that has changed the way they invest. This is the special segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have Shiel Manat of 500 Startups. Shiel, what's one of the most important lessons you've learned through your experiences investing in and working with startups?
2: Ooh. Uh, I think the most important lesson I've learned is that a, a strong founding team is super important. So you know, a strong founding team can make a, a product in a small niche apply way more broadly than a not great team in a fantastic market. And that not great team in a fantastic market might still be able to raise a bunch of money, but a st- super strong team with industry background will figure out a way to make it work. So that that's sort of, I think, one thing I've learned.
0: Are there any ways at 500 that you can do quantitative analysis on some of the portcos, looking at things like founder market fit, you know, domain expertise in the in the target market and things of that nature to sort of try and draw some correlations between success and some of these key factors?
2: Yeah, we, we can. Uh, we're starting to do so. Uh, we've got an internal team working on something called 500 Quant. Um, it, it's hard because, you know, although we've done over 1,500 investments, we don't necessarily have that data on all of them, but we're starting to cl- collect that data. When we do have interesting data is on all the companies is around, you know, we get quarterly reports on all of them so we know which sector they're in, at what stage they need to be to raise money, and that sort of thing. So we're starting to put that together. We, we hired um, some data scientists to our team recently to sort of analyze that data. But I do think that what you're talking about, we are very strategically positioned to have the best data because we've done the most investing. But unfortunately, we don't have a lot of that data at the moment. What we have is sort of trends that we've seen over time, having invested in a lot of companies individually, rather than an actual quantification of that data. But uh, we're actually pretty excited to start
0: working on quantification of that data right now. On today's Investor Story segment, we have Guy Turner of Hyde Park Venture Partners. Guy, can you tell us a story highlighting a lesson that has changed the way you invest?
3: Yeah. You know, I was, I was lucky to make, this is going to sound weird, but I was lucky to make a pretty big mistake or very early in my investing career. And so it allowed me to learn this insight early. And that is basically that as an investor, the relationships that are going to outlast everything else are the ones you have with other investors. So of course, Uh, We want really close relationships with our entrepreneurs. And we expect over time to, you know, back several entrepreneurs, the best ones multiple times, and hopefully we'll be lucky enough to have them pick us as well. But early on, we were investing in a company and there was another firm in the deal and the entrepreneur did not like the board member who the investor who was sitting on their board from that firm. And they basically asked me, hey, if you guys are going to lead this deal, you know, can you get the partner changed? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. Anything for my companies naively and kind of facilitated having a different partner from that firm joining the board. And this was extremely short sighted. So in effect, regardless of what my personal feelings were about that partner, I completely slighted them. And they were a player in our ecosystem and looking at deals that we were looking at. And that was a big mistake. And about two months later, he cut me out of a deal, which has turned out to be extremely successful. And that was a, a big learning lesson and you know something that I think about a lot. And that is, above all, as an investor, as a venture investor, you have to be really, really careful about your co-investing relationships because they outlast portfolio companies. They last literally for decades. Have you ever
0: been blindsided by an action from a a co-investor or another investor that you didn't see coming that maybe you had no impact on the situation or or thought you, you hadn't done anything that could have caused somebody to cut you out or otherwise?
3: No, that was the only time and I deserved it. Gotcha.
0: At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. On today's special segment, we have Ben Narison of NEA. Ben, can you tell us a story highlighting a lesson that's changed the way you invest?
1: There's been so many. Um, Somebody said to me once, we were talking about a product that I had a lot of experience in, and I pointed out all the issues that they might experience that I certainly had. And they said, yeah, you know, it's a good point. Sometimes you're better off buying the product than buying the company. And I can remember a time when I made an investment that was much more driven by ego. Uh, I think that when you let ego change your view, you get into a very dangerous place. I think when you get overconfident, that can be dangerous. And I think, I guess the biggest of all, and this applies to both those comments, is when you talk yourself into something. I think when you talk yourself into or out of something, you are making a mistake in the vast majority of the cases, and how you can become sensitized to that. In many ways, tied to sort of, you remember I mentioned earlier that there were times I knew I was making a mistake, but I made it anyway? Yep. You know, I looked back on those because there are questions of what I would do differently now. The reason they were mistakes, I had figured out the investment was likely not to work out. After I had verbally committed to making it. And this happened twice. Yikes. In both cases, I had said to the entrepreneur, I'm in. And my statement to entrepreneurs was always the same because, oh, okay, I'll get another lesson really quickly. I funded an entrepreneur once that was doing a rolling close, and I gave him the money. He was supposed to raise a million dollars. He ended up raising 600000 He then spent the rest of the year. Trying to raise the other 400000 which totally diluted the time you got to spend on the business. Uh. And in the end, that business did not make it. And I realized never do a rolling close. So, in the future, because I was fortunate to learn that lesson relatively early, I said to people, look, here's the deal. I'm in for X, let's call it 100 grand personally. But I'm in when the round is complete. So, if you're raising a million dollars, when you have 900000 you have a million. Because I am in, you just tell me. In two instances, one was particularly severe. (laughs) One took six months. came back to me when the round was done. It was clear to me it wasn't going to work. And I wrote a check, shook their hand, and handed them the money. Because I had made a commitment, and I was going to live up to it. But in one case, when it was six months after the fact, I mean, things had changed materially. So it is who I am, it's the way I think about the world. If you can't honor your word, what, can, what are you good for? I mean, it really truly is, your word is your bond. Your, your reputation, your brand is all you have. But I do think about that one where six months later, the business has had a material change. You know What does that look like? How do you avoid that? Now I guess the advantage I have is as a venture investor, I'm not in a situation where I'm waiting for other people. I'm making a decision. And I do think your word is your bond and you have to honor it. In 10 years of doing this, I have only seen a VC renege on a term sheet once, a VC that I respect as a firm. I won't use those words about this human being, and I will not ever go anywhere near that VC and I will do what I need to do to make sure my entrepreneurs stay away from them as well. This particular individual, not because just did they walk away from the deal, but because I think a lot of the reason they walked away from it was self-inflicted by the VC. Um, anyway, it's, a, it's such a rare thing. I have seen on two instances before I started doing venture, entrepreneurs walk away from a VC's term sheet because the VC was trying to what I would term, quote unquote, betray the deal. And that, I think, is also inappropriate. You know, the deal is, it's an unfortunate trait in private equity, apparently, where sometimes when there's multiple buyers trying to buy a product, they'll bid higher, but then miraculously find reasons to pay less in the diligence. A very, very sleazy trait, as far as I can tell. So, you know, I think you've got to make your decision. You've got to put something out there that you know you can honor, and you've got to stay with it. So, you know, I think what I did learn, you don't do rolling closes. I did learn it doesn't, uh, you've got to make sure, gets, there's capital is a de-risking element. And it took me a while to really understand that people would say, well, you got to make sure you put in enough money to de-risk the business. And I thought, you know, dude, these businesses are absolute risk. How can that possibly impact it? <laughs> you know, they either have money or they don't. But what I realized is it's enough capital to get to a certain point. Right. And you have to, like when you're doing seed investing, a seed round until recently wasn't meant to build a company. It was meant to allow you to prove or disprove a thesis. So you put that million dollars in, that entrepreneur either gets to or doesn't get to a thesis proof that allows them to raise a Series A, and Series A allows them to build a company. So it's the mitigation of risk is providing enough capital to get to the next chapter and then being able to raise money off of that chapter to get to the chapter after that. Because I've certainly learned a long time ago and very much believe every round is about the next round. Every round is giving you the fuel to get to the next stage. And you got to understand whether you have enough to get there. And I've seen investors far more experienced than I make this mistake. I've seen it twice there. They would, in one of my prior funds I was involved with, they wanted to fund a business, but what they weren't seeing was the money they gave them wouldn't get the entrepreneur to the end point and the dream that they thought they were funding. It would only get them a quarter of the way there. And then they'd have to raise money again. And yet they wouldn't have achieved enough to raise that money. So it was like, Okay, great. As long as you can fund them four times, you're good to go. Anyway, <laughs> lots and lots. lost so much. I mean, you just this is never-ending. It's like anything you dedicate your life to. You're always learning, or one would hope that people remain plastic enough that they have the brain elasticity to always be learning, because if you're not, I think you're going the other direction.
0: That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.